0: You're listening to the Detroit is Different After Dark Podcast Network.
1: We are back in full effect, the Fuck What You Heard podcast, and we're talking about everything you need to know as an independent artist doing things. In this music business So the artists Don't just include The people that are On stage performing It also includes The producers too Because being an artist Nowadays Especially as we know it In the hip hop world The producer Is just as strong As the rappers Themselves If not stronger Holding down everything I am Kari Way Frazier Doing things from Detroit is difference Perspective Hip hop is my background And I have Two anchors To lead us Through a discussion About booking shows. Booking shows is a great discussion to have, and it's great to be thinking about as shows are a great revenue stream for any artist. So leading us off is Uncle P, DJ Uncle P. How you feeling? What up, though? You alright? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Another it, rainy day in Detroit. Yes, it is not necessarily spring, even <laughs> though we are like touching May. May like we, right. we feel May, like right there. Right, right, we, right. We can feel it. We see it. But, you know, it's better than it is uh, in other parts of the, I guess, the United States where it was snowing, like in Chicago and Milwaukee or yeah, whatever man. The other day. Yeah, they can keep that. Yes, yes. <laughs> and Sabrina, Sabrina, how you feeling? I'm cold. Yes. <laughs> no,
0: I'm good. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Yes, yes. All right. So booking shows, booking shows has always been something that I would say leads off the music business. Show bookings is the place that the music business started. The record industry came on as I guess a, came on as like the spouse to what what happened with shows. So booking shows, what are you looking at to, to book a show? And before we even get into that, we talk about this often, but becoming a bookable artist should probably be the first question you need to ask yourself. As an artist, because a show promoter, a concert promoter, a venue, whoever is going to book you, especially if you're looking at large amounts of money, is going to say, What draw do you have for my audience?
0: Yeah, first thing they want to know is, How many seats can you sell? How many butts can you put in these seats? No matter how amazing of a performer mm-hmm. you are, if you don't have a, a fan base, mm-hmm um they're gonna look at others who can bring a draw yes. to help sell these tickets
1: yes and it's a lot of draws that have attention but don't necessarily sell tickets and it's a lot of people that sell tickets that you would be surprised because they don't seem like they're that popular right. yeah
2: Yeah,
0: There's a lot of people out that have a bunch of family and friends who, no matter what you do, I'm going to buy tickets, I'm going to support you. Doesn't mean that you can wild crowd. Doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that you can put on a great show. And so, like, even when Pete would do a lot of showcases and things, the people that, you know, when it's based upon audience participation, the people that brought you know brought it out they would Mm -hmm. you know take it a lot of times some some shows he would have judges of course but sometimes some of those people were not as good as those who only had two or three people in the audience either you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. it kind of depends
2: it's uh it's it's rough out here um first of all you know real this isn't an open mic we're talking about really booking shows yeah um, and if you're dealing with a professional promoter, it's nothing personal. Um, that, that promoter is not necessarily in the game of giving opportunities. That promoter is looking to turn a profit. Mm-hmm. And like it's been said already, you have to um, bring some people. You have to put some people on that dance floor, in them seats, whatever type of venue that you, you may be at. So, you know, from an artist's perspective, it's something that I've seen, you know. New artist comes out, new record. Um, all of their 50 to 75 friends are coming to their first show. They might come to that second show. And then the promoters in the building is just looking and they just salivating because they like, oh, wow, this, this artist has a fan base. But three months later... I see that same artist showing up to shows and they don't have anybody with them. And a lot of times I see artists, you know, oversaturate themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, you gotta remember, your fan base has lives of their own. (laughs) You know, they have responsibilities. You know, they got things they have to do. So if you're performing three times a week, you know, doing the same sets and all that stuff, you're likely not going to have that same support for every show. Right. And I see artists, you know, and and this is why you need people in your corner, you know, management, you know, things like that, to help you understand how to properly navigate and build value for yourself. You know, you have to show those promoters, those club owners
1: that you have value. Mm. So when you talk about the audience being dragged out and worked in, this kind of goes into bookings as I've booked talent before myself for different events I do. And I always say knowing the culture of who that audience is, finding acts that fit that culture. So even an act with less draw that I know will fit the vibe of whatever the experience that I'm having I'm more willing to say, okay, this person can fit into this mix and you're not going to get the, the, the payment. I'm not going to pay you as if the person that has the draw, but you will be compensated for your time because you're adding to the experience of whatever I'm producing in my show as well right but this also goes into as you say dragging different people out to events So like hip-hop for instance with what I was doing for so long It was like knocking my head up against a wall with my style of music and my friends and the people in my social circle And the people vibing to my music they didn't necessarily want to stay out till 1230 on a Wednesday night yeah. And like not nec- in a bar that's not serving, you know, a lot of women listen to my music. They don't even serve wine. And if it is, right. it's like basically what do they call that? Shelf wine. Box you know. wine. Yeah, box wine or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, so yeah. this is not the place where my audience even wants to mix. Right. So I also think you heighten the probability of being booked and matching if you know, if you curate what your audience is into in try to perform at venues that fit the vibe of what you're giving as well. Right. So that's down to the food. That's another thing. So it's a lot of people I know that, and I'm not, but it's a lot of people I know that are vegan that follow what I'm doing and everything like that and ask for vegan options just as a person producing an event. So if I'm at a place that has nothing but chicken wings and ribs and hamburgers, then that's already a deterrent where a person's thinking, if I'm going to go out, then I got to go get something to eat and then go see Kari's show. Right. Whereas right, it would be so right. much cooler if they were like, I can sit here, I can get some food and I can watch the show. Right. Right. I feel you. So those are other things to think about when booking and also with booking. When it comes to that, matching that artist with the right production, as we're kind of on the like days after 420, it's a lot of artists that get booked for 420 because of the marijuana culture associated with right, it. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Because their artistry associates them with marijuana. Mm-hmm. So, can you talk a little bit about that style of booking and presenting? I mean, so basically what you're talking about is themes. Yeah. Pretty
2: much in a nutshell. I mean, it's pretty cut and dry, you know. As an artist, that's why it's it's important for people to understand what do you represent, what do you stand for. So a promoter that is looking to do a certain type of theme, you want to pop up in their mind immediately. Like if I'm thinking about hamburgers you mm-hmm. know fat killers talk about food you know it, <laughs> i was thinking it, it, the fanboys. right right i mean but yeah along the same thing you know so it, it's important to as an artist you know to have a lane you know a tribe that you can kind of identify what their fan base is uh into Mm -hmm. Um, I've done themed events and and just like you said, here's kind of the um, difficult part now for promoters, you know, and these themes. Well, not necessarily the themes, but um, the artist's fan base. Mm -hmm. And I, I say this almost every podcast because we're definitely in a different different time where everybody's getting their information from different things and a lot of promoters you know and I'm not talking about your household names here I'm not talking about Jay-Z if you say you book Jay-Z yeah that's gonna spread like wildfire and chances are Jay-Z fans are gonna get wind of the show going on but if you're a independent artist like I've seen people bring in artists from other cities and, and they have a relatively decent buzz. Um, you know, and then they come to this market and nobody's at the venue. And mm-hmm. I look at the artist's social media and I look to see, did that artist do anything f- to help that promoter let his fan base in that city know, hey, I'm in your town. I'm going to be here. Y'all come rock out with me. You know, it, it it's a lot of... Communication that needs to go on. Artists, if you're listening to this, um, you get booked out of town. It's to your benefit to help and ask that promoter, What can I do to help make sure that this event is successful? Because that's how you're going to get called back and brought back in three, four, five, six months. You mm-hmm. know, that's when you make a relationship in another market that you can tru- truly build off of. And I see that missing a lot because, you know, artists are being artists and we don't have teams behind these artists to do the things that need to get done mm-hmm. to be successful in this touring and booking industry.
1: Okay, in touring and booking, as it's been, Different acts from out of town that I've gotten phone calls about from you saying, Hey, you interested in this or you interested in that? And you can act as a facilitator too. Yeah. How do you get on the scene for people such as yourself, facilitators, uh, to know that an act is coming, possibly, you know, connecting through towns as Detroit sits between Cleveland and Chicago? So oftentimes, acts are willing for. for promoters to say, look, we have Chicago Thursday, we have Cleveland Tuesday, Wednesday I'm willing to do something in Detroit instead of just going to Chicago and being in a hotel room or staying in Cleveland a day over.
2: Yeah, it's just about building a name for yourself, you know, um, as that promoter. You know, I have, it's different producer entities around the country and because I have made a name for myself as somebody that does producer driven events, I'm one of the people that get the first call. You know, so you don't come out the gates, you know, being the man. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to to build. Like, I've took many losses. Mm. I've took hundreds of losses. Yeah, you know, to learn what I don't want to see, what I don't, what, what pitfalls I might see to say, hey, this this is not a smart decision for me to do business in. So, I mean, you get out here, uh, I'll say, smart, start small. You mm-hmm. know, we get these ideas of big pack venues with four, 500 people yep. you know but realistically i mean i you can only get a great picture at a club you can see 50 people in that mug if it's framed right right you know so it, it's about to look start with something that you know people will leave and say man i could barely move i i mm. I, I couldn't the place was packed You can have a venue full of 30 people, and if only 40 people can fit fit in it, you're going to feel like you had a successful event. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of your places venues that have huge names you'll walk in them and you thought they were so much bigger than what they were mm-hmm. yep. yeah you know the reputation you know precedes itself so
0: that's kn- how a lot of people feel about drew's when they come to town yeah and the shelter especially yeah
2: the shelter especially yeah you know mm-hmm. but for our local community drew's is a you yeah. know it's a flagship place you done perform there you know you've
1: done something Right. Mm-hmm. So the performing there, documenting it, and then always we talk about the approach to the different people that are working and facilitating everything, but also the good business of booking shows. How should you, as an artist, engage with the promoter? Because as much as me from the business side, I, I feel that professional. Professionalism needs to be heightened from Artists I've also been The artist and I've been burned a couple times By a couple people that still owe me money Where it's like man I got spun So how do you protect yourself As an artist when it comes to being Booked and working all those Particulars up
2: What do you think Sam How do you protect yourself well I mean The ultimate protection is contracts Yeah Mm -hmm. You know Um, and I don't know If you were looking for something a little different than that but necessarily but contracts um look at track records you Mm -hmm. know basically if you're dealing with a a file promoter you know you can go back through timelines and shows and you can pretty much see the internet is a powerful thing Mm -hmm. you can find out just about anything and if you're willing to take that time to do the research you know, um, check references. You yeah. know, look on this, them flyers and see other artists that you may know and reach out. and Just say, what kind of experience was it? You know, how 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 was it? You know, did did, it, did you get your time? You know, did you go on when you were supposed to? Were you compensated the way that you agreed to be compensated? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it's a good way too when you're doing that just to kind of see how shows were promoted, um, and you'll be able to kind of get an idea of what was artist or performer-driven and led and what really came from the promoter or the producer of the show also. And when we talk about that, just from that standpoint,
1: being the artist, oftentimes you'd be surprised how many non-contractual events go on from top to bottom. And when I say from top to bottom, I mean with the most known artists... Ever to the guy that just started. To yeah. the promoter saying, we don't even do business like that. We do handshake deals. And that's a tough situation when you are an artist looking to perform on a stage and the venue is saying, yo, we do handshake deals.
2: You you said something earlier about me being a facilitator. Um, somebody wanted to book a show at one of our... Um, nicer venues here in the city and I hadn't personally done business with them yet mm-hmm. and I reached out, got a contact and was ready to make the deal, send the person over there to lead a deposit and I hit them back and like, I just want to make sure that the contracts are ready based on what we discussed and mm-hmm. they was like um, we don't, I can give you a receipt and I know my client And I'm like, a receipt's not going to make us feel comfortable about what we're doing here. You know, here's the crazy thing. When I asked about a contract, then all these other stipulations started coming out. And I'm like, hey, whoa, you mad because I asked for a contract? You know, Hmm. these were important things for you to tell me before I come and leave a deposit. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm paying full price for the venue... Then why are you limiting my guest list to 20 people? Right. Mm-hmm. Like that, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't make sense. So, you know, having a clear understanding about what's supposed to take place and
1: contracts protect everybody. I agree. And back to that number one point, you'll be surprised from top to bottom how few contracts yeah how few contracts i'm really not in surprised
0: because there's a lot of hungry people that just want to get it but at mm-hmm. the end of the day i would i would expect that a lot of those people didn't kind of got got a little bit too Oh,
1: i, I definitely you know, think know that, so, that happens and when it comes to paying being paid as the artist because sometimes you get the deposit but don't get the rest Right. You get the whole, well, we expected this and we expected well, no. that and the sponsor Mm-mm. backed out and da, 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 da. Or, or do you have the strong pimp C stance of I'm not going on stage until my money's paid? Or do you say, all right, my audience is here and I want to connect with my people. So I'm still going to go on the stage. What what should be an artist disposition in that?
0: Well, for me, whenever I'm assisting with bookings, that it is it is. Um, clearly understood in the beginning there's a deposit, and then we're going to get the balance upon arrival. Really, a sound it, check.
1: You, you said it best deposit in the balance, deposit up front, yeah. and that secures that it's happening.
0: Yeah, so you're and taking yourself off the market yes. from other bookings. Yes. You know, so you're entrusting that this event is going to go forward. Yes. That pot deposit is non refundable. Yes. And then when we come to set up for sound, management is going to get that cashier's check not personal mm. yes you know what I mean or some people just want to pay cash we'll do that mm. too but that is done before we step on stage
1: and that is generally how I like good business is handled it's it's paid upon arrival. When I pay, I generally pay upon arrival. I think that it's just better business across the board like that and I often like paying in cashier's checks too for my record personally. Right. Now that's me and how I conduct business, how I would like people to conduct business with me. Right Now in that response, there's been a lot of venues that I wanted to perform at and stages where yeah, after we work everything out, we gonna make sure that you good. Right. And I've been... Not made good often in that situation. Well, so let's that's, just happened, say this. that's happened.
0: That's um, happened. It also depends on the situation because mm-hmm. if you're kind of taking on, a, on, on part of the risk, also, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, I've got, you know, you're kind of working a partnership mm-hmm. with this promoter.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: they kind of need your audience. You kind of need them because they've got, mm-hmm. then at the end of the day, as long as it's clear and it's understood, then we're kind of tallying up at the end and we're agreeing that I'm also going to take. A part of this risk, okay. right? Um, but then um, there was another point that you just made that I wanted to kind of to uh, touch paid on. at the, end but, of the
1: night when everything's done.
0: Well, well, yeah, that. But you know, in an instance like what I mentioned, that's understood, right? And this but,
1: understanding definitely needs to be very contractual, yes, because it's other things that come into play. If you want to partner with me as the producer of an right. event and you are talent on an event. So now we have to quantify the value of I've paid for the venue. I've paid for the sound. I've paid for the lights. I paid for the door person. I paid for security. I paid for food. I paid for promotion. I paid for all of these things. So those are costs that we say to the to, We say to ourselves now I'm getting into uh Now I'm getting into accounting practices. This is gross profit. Net profit is after all the expenses have been paid. Now we start paying ourselves. Now, if I partner with you and I'm talent, and I'm sounding like an accountant here, some of the some of the gross cost needs to be taken away too because me being paid as talent needs to go into the expenses to pull this event off. So we can't just say like, oh, the event cost two thousand dollars and we only made two thousand five hundred, so I'll walk away with two fifty and you walk away with two fifty because I don't know what arrangements you made with the door person, the security, the that. Well that's venue why all, all of, of that. that
0: is discussed in the beginning. Because mm-hmm. are you partnering with this? Yes. Or you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. are we good? Is are those expenses all on you? Yep. And you know, again, am I being t- you know? So that's where all it, it it's all workable. There's so mm-hmm. many different scenarios that can happen. And right now, I'm dealing with the booking. Um, I book for my my dad's a jazz artist, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a really dope venue, mm-hmm. um, in the Carolinas that's booking he and the band. But because they've never dealt with them, they are very adamant that they. Only want to pay at the end because the promoter's thing to me was, I just want to make sure... That
1: I get my money back. Well,
0: know that the show's going to go well, that your drummer doesn't get drunk that, you know, so it's just like all these other things, but become, because. I get my
1: money back is basically yeah, how yeah. I are so just And we're just like, dude, like, first
0: of all, you're insulting us. We don't have wee heads that don't know mm-hmm. how to conduct good mm-hmm. business and get on here and rock and know our drummer's not going to break a leg on the f- mm-hmm. first intermission and not mm-hmm. finish the show. You know what I mean? Like, No, but because of a relationship that brought this to us, right? This is a relative of a very popular, well-known jazz group that Mm -hmm. recommended us. We're like, okay, fine. As long as you know, we will follow you home at the Mm -hmm. end of this show if you don't have this money at the end of the show. So we're kind of bending... (sighs) You know Um, what I mean? We're kind of bending our rules only to mm -hmm. make them feel comfortable. And because it was a relationship that was brought through a very um, important relationship. So, you know, I'm not being the warden in this Mm -hmm. case. So it it really depends on the situation.
2: Unfortunately, you can't get to the top without paying some type of dues. Yeah. And that Mm -hmm. situation that was just described, if her dad was a household name already wouldn't anything be and and that's where artists have to understand you know where are you in this game right now you know nine times out of ten you're not drake yet you know so expecting to be treated like drake yeah that's good in a perfect world but if you're waiting for the perfect world go ahead and shoot yourself now because we don't live in that So, you know, as much as people tell you what you shouldn't do and you shouldn't do this, um, sometimes it be those breaks that give you that opportunity. You know, and you have to be smart enough to look at the situation. Mm -hmm. If you're a new artist from Atlanta, you know, and you blowing up in Atlanta and you've never been to Detroit before. You know, you're you're performing at a small venue. I'm not necessarily going to be mad at you if you decide to go on that stage and light it up cuz there's a lot of people there you know, because you see a bigger picture out of this. You Mm -hmm. know, if you're smart, you go on that stage and you say, my manager in the back, I need everybody email. I'm about to give y'all some exclusive content. You know, figure out a way on the fly how to make that work for you. Mm -hmm.
1: If it makes sense. I, I agree. And in that paying dues, you learn as you go. Exactly. So learning as you go. You still should have a strategy of, as I'm working with comedian Josh Adams who has a podcast on the network now, and we're working out how we can help, how I can work with him in booking. And this is kind of what I made a pact with myself, and I think every artist should follow this. I believe that my value for any performance, me and I perform with a band, but I believe my value is... $3,000 to perform. Now with that $3,000, if I take less than $3,000, how can I work with and leverage where I'm getting more value? So that could be in saying, hey, can you make sure that I'm put on the flyer prominently for the event? Can you give me extra posters for the event? Can you give me a table to sell merchandise at this event? Can you make sure that my band is giving food at this event, giving drinks at this event? Can you you leverage more and more where you say, OK, I, I didn't get. The three thousand dollars in cash that I asked for, but I'm gonna leverage as much as I can. So if I'm gonna leverage, now I want thirty five hundred dollars worth. And what's been funny since I've had this approach to being booked, oftentimes two things happen. Sometimes promoters just say I don't even want to deal with you, but most times they just say, all right, you know what? I'm gonna just give you the three thousand dollars. Right. Right. And I got it's a win win situation. And then those rare times you end up with more down the line. Can I get a commitment where I get booked again six months from now? Right. Can you give me access to the people that you know that up do other bookings? There are other resources other than just cash that you can get, but you have to leverage it and you have to quantify what all of that value is. So for him as a comedian, I say, all right, most of the times he's booked, he's booked by comedians with bigger draws. So get a commitment where they have agreed to post Yours, your your your, uh, your funny videos, the, your one minute funny, you know, comedy skits clips yeah. on Instagram, simultaneously on days. So we'll have down the line a day where you'll see thirty five different comedians with more draws than him, as far as like on Instagram that wanted to book them for quote unquote less than what we set, and they're gonna just do it like it's you know right right right, and then if they don't agree to do it, then we know down the line bad business we don't work with
0: you right uh, a lot of it is to you know developing relationships true you know cause a lot of these guys are like hey I just met you I think your your music is dope I see you got mm-hmm. a fan base you know let's see where to start let's let's do this first true. and then you know um, but yeah that that's definitely key and another thing that I, I've learned in this arena if if you're just starting out um, trying to get shows and things Somehow you, when you're, even if it's just a one-off and it's, you know, a small bar um, or a community event where you got an opportunity Mm -hmm. to perform, make sure you have video capture so that people can see how well you perform, how you command Mm -hmm. a stage, um, how people respond to you, you know, that kind of thing, because they need to see, they can't just go off of a dope song and, you know, a followers list or mm-hmm. an email list that you may have developed of a thousand people. You know, they need to be able to see video footage, see you in, in motion. So I, have I have that tool available also.
1: I agree. And also, I, I can't reiterate how much quantified more value than just money that you want to get. Right. Right. And as you quantify those different values that you want to get along the way, then now you know exactly what you're pursuing. Because even if you get the money, what you're going to do is you're going to turn you're going to use that money for these other resources, too. You may be surprised the doors that open the the key element in my if I book someone that I don't know are people like P and Sabrina because I respect them. So I'll be like, okay, I'm willing to give you a chance based on that relationship, too. So definitely find out who does booking and don't necessarily step to them with the, yo, you need to be booking me. You need to be booking me. Kind of the story that Snoop told about Nipsey Hussle at Nipsey Hussle's service. He said Nipsey stepped to me and said, just listen. He didn't say I'm the greatest rapper or anything else. Then he stepped to me again and said, all right, listen to this one. And he said, I didn't even lie. I I didn't even listen to the first one. So part of your approach in getting to know some of the bookers is building a relationship. And if you're cool, I'm going to be willing to. I'm going to be willing to work with you over time.
0: Well, I think it's that um, one thing I've learned through the past is go to their events, show up, support. Well, that too. Make sure Definitely. you tap them on the shoulder. Keep your name out there. Keep your name, keep your face visible. Get to know the bartenders. You know. Oh yeah. Um, work the room. Mm-hmm. And pay attention to what they're booking because if they're into like goth rap, and you you know Christian you, rap exactly they're not the right place for you they're even not though book it's you no matter what. even though it's packed out and you just want to be a part and you think some people within this audience could get into you you know what I mean like pay attention um, and don't talk their ear off don't become so uh, aggressive that you become a turnoff. there is a fine line between being consistent and being overly aggressive um But then, you know, at the end of the day, when you're giving them your card or you're giving them, you know, um, your information, just make sure that you can cash that check when they go and they check you out on your IG and your website and check your videos and stuff out. You know, make sure it's quality out there Mm -hmm. because you're selling yourself at all times.
1: Most definitely. So with that, we definitely gave a lot about booking. A lot of information. I offer more information than I was th- thought I was going to do. And actually, Pete, me and Sabrina, took the lead. We were thinking that Pete was going to talk this time most of the time. Oh, he did. He, gave, he definitely dropped a lot of game, <laughs> but, you know.
0: I'm not a booker. I just know that um, just dealing with others. With
1: artists getting booked and, and dealing with uh, being a friend of Uncle Pete for years. And it's sitting around. frustrating and on here this is, Yeah, uh, yeah
2: it, it's, it's frustrating. On this end, because I've been on both ends, you know, getting Mm -hmm. artists booked, Mm -hmm. um, you know, from their perspective and trying to book artists on other shows. Mm -hmm. Um, It is about the relationship. Stop getting mad at people who have relationships because it's up to you to build your own. Stop getting mad. Action. Turn that anger into action. Just like that other person You may have got that relationship You go build that relationship mm-hmm. Yeah People true. like making money And if you can come to me And show me your value I'm gonna work with you
1: See It's that simple True indeed True indeed With that How do people get in contact with you sir
2: Y'all can holler at me on Facebook That's where I kick daily knowledge Uncle P313 um, Email Uncle P at com. The website DetroitRap.com
0: and oh. I'm Earth Tones ENT
1: out there. All right. Detroitisdifferent.net. Detroitisdifferent.net. Thank you so much. Peace.